Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entirety of the internet. If you go to like .xyz, there's not there's not a fancy basketball site in that in that domain. There's not a .org fancy basketball site. There's not a .co fantasy basketball site that's better than hashtag basketball.com. So go there. Like, what are you doing? Go there. You're probably in the playoffs. You probably need to know some stuff. Hashtag basketball.com. I am your host, Mike Catron, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, do you know who the number one player in fantasy is over the last 30 days? Oh. Per game value. You know, game value. We, we talk about what we're going to talk about before the show. And then at the beginning of the show, you asked me something that we didn't talk about at all. Well, I know. I like to keep you on your toes. I got to <sighs> keep you guessing. Got to keep you. Got to gotta make sure you're sharp, Michael. Got to make sure you're strong. 30. Looking good in life. You're eating uh, well. You know, it's just that's what mothers do. I've been eating like shit, mom. And um, I'm just slapping burgers and burritos into my face. And I'm going to go to New Orleans here in a little bit. So I'm going to gain about, I think, about 30 full pounds. Um, while I'm the in New Orleans, the New Orleans. Orleans food. There are many great chefs in New Orleans. There's much good food in New Orleans. New Orleans is a great place. I love New Orleans. Uh, I usually talk shit about other cities on this show because most cities do suck. But New Orleans this is great. It's fantastic. It's a beautiful place, beautiful people, great food. Uh, but I don't think, I don't think the person who's in the, the you said the third overall? Or I said the number one. Number now. one overall. The third overall, well, the second and third are uh, quite possibly the two people that most people think are uh, leading the MVP race. I'm going to say Carl Anthony Towns because I know he went off the other night. Um, I know he's been playing very well in general. So like, I would assume that if a week's worth of excellent Carl Anthony Towns might've bumped him to the top. Carl Anthony Towns is 11th. Oh, 11th. What the, who's uh man. Okay. I'd uh, argue none of these names are really super surprising in the top. Well, in the top 14, right? Jason Tatum is number 14. He's been having a fantastic. Um, I've heard of him. He's Actually, good. last couple months. He's right? good at basketball. Um, Trey Young is 13th, Giannis 12th, Cat 11th, James Harden 10th, LeBron 9th, Luka Doncic 8th. You know, um, there's two guys I know who's been playing out of their minds that should, like, you would not assume on the, you would be on this list. And that's, I think, Terry Rozier, who is 15th. Yeah. It really that's, gets interesting from 15 on down. Um, DeJounte Murray is number seven. That's probably the one where some people are like, oh, DeJounte Murray's playing that well. We'll see. As a DeJounte Murray, um, uh, bought a lot of stock in DeJounte Murray Island this preseason. I'm very aware that DeJounte Murray is a top 10 player. Probably longer than the the last 30 days, by the way. Well, I can only sort it by the last 30 days, Michael, so I can't help you on that question. Um, Shea Gillis Alexander is sixth, right? And okay. I think there's maybe a lesson there, right? There were so many people going like, oh, well, I'm not going to pick Shea Gilms Alexander high because the Thunder might shut him down again. Here he is playing. And being the sixth best player in fantasy, shooting fantastic percentages, scoring over 30 points a game, 
um, getting you 1.9 steals and 0.9 blocks a game over the last month. Um, yeah, just absolutely fantastic. So Kevin Durant fifth. Okay, that makes De- sense. De- Devin Booker fourth, uh-huh. Kitchen and Bead are two and Booker, three. Booker all the way up there is pretty impressive. Uh, I kept trying to tell you that I thought Booker was a little undervalued this year, and you didn't. You well, didn't now that well CP three being out has helped quite a bit. Devin Booker having to take on a little bit more of a, a facilitator role. The CP three out of there, Booker's a top fifteen for the season for sure. What's helping Booker a lot too is he's shooting 52% from the field, 90% from the foul line, and getting you two steals. Okay. So with 7.2 assists, which you mentioned, right? Um, so you said the next two are the MVP candidates. That's Embiid and Jokic. Um, I've also I've recently had a discussion. Should Jokic be banned from fantasy basketball? He's too Why good. would Jokic be banned for fantasy basketball? He, he's too fucking good. He's a center who's basically av- almost averaging a triple double. Who's almost leading. Yeah, but so this is why I say no league should have a position anymore because it just doesn't make sense. Positions don't make sense. In no, fantasy they don't. Basketball. There's no. There's no point. Um. Yeah, Dejounte Murray's averaging almost nine rebounds a game. Jokic is averaging almost nine assists a game. Yeah, positions aren't real anymore they're just not it's a a social construct just like time just like time here's the other thing that that really messes it up too is like there are so many guys that play one position on the offensive end and one position on the defensive end yeah that's true like um steph curry is often not guarding their team's point guard is he a point guard is he whatever position he guards luka Doncic is a point guard on offense he is the mavericks point guard he never guards the other team's point guard. No, he, he couldn't. So in most cases. Is he a power forward then? Because he guards often guards the other team's power forward. Like you see how that doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Like wh- how are you determining this is that person's position? I don't understand. It's yeah. the DeMar DeRozan debate, right? It's like he was a shooting guard for however many years, and now he's legitimately the bulls power forward i guess well if you watch a lot of bulls he's the guy bringing the ball up the court right but then he's also their point guard so what is he so what is he yeah you know um and Giannis is is another great example right like he is sometimes the bucks point guard he is also sometimes the bucks center and the bucks shooting guard and the bucks small four <laughs> he does play about every position Right? And Tatum so, is pretty close to playing all positions. Cranthony Towns is like running off screens. Like he's a Towns shooting guard. Is the, the Minnesota Timberwolves shooting guard slash center. That is factually yeah. correct. Which is like the, I would say the most unique ta- like group of like, well, those are the two things that shouldn't be merged together in any, like you wouldn't think that could be possible. A center slash shooting guard, but it, uh, Cranthony Towns, one of the greatest well, offensive players of all time by the way lebron has been playing a ton of five for the lakers LeBron, yeah lebron's always been positionless i think he if you want to like make an argument which i don't because lebron's like oh he's he's good or whatever i don't give a shit he's played longer more games than everybody else and everybody's like oh my god he's about to pass carl malone oh my god carl malone it's like who gives a shit carl malone sucked um and lebron's gonna pass him because he's played more games cool like that's the, the, I will give this to LeBron. Who gives a shit, and, right? And this may be his greatest thing ever. 
this may be the greatest thing I think about him is that his longevity as an elite player has been incredible. And the fact that he's played that amount of games at such an elite level, like you look at Duncan, Dirk, those are some names that come up when I think longevity, LeBron probably, probably going to be long uh, surpassed them. That's what I mean. And that's been the most like insane thing to me is we've seen a lot of guys, right? Some guys like it's just a blip that they can be at that super, super elite level where they're one of the best players in the NBA, right? Other guys, you know, they can sustain it for a few years. I mean, LeBron, what, we're on like 17, 18 years where he's been one of the five best players in the NBA? Yeah, it's, it's it insane. is incredibly absurd and impressive. Uh, which, and like, but then, what's Jordan, interesting Jordan, about all those years, though, is that you could probably make an argument about somebody else being the best player in the league for a majority of the years, not all the years. Some, some of those LeBron's easily the best player in the league. But uh, you could make a case uh, all over the place for who was the best player each one of those years while – Jordan did it for less years, but you could never make an argument that any any of those MVPs won by anybody else, all of them should have went to uh, to Michael Jordan. Well, but the thing with that is, like, if Jordan tried to do that, I don't know that he could have even sustained at that level, right? Like, like it's just he he tried he played until he was forty, but he didn't. He didn't because like he took all those years off consecutively until he was forty, but he was a. Um, but again, like the miles, I mean, you don't understand this with anything, right? I mean, with your like a car, very talented guy. if you leave your car in the garage for five years, you're not putting any miles on it. Like as long as you're keeping the maintenance up on it, like your car is going to last longer, right? Yeah, you're but running I'm, your car a hundred thousand miles a year, like LeBron. Well, LeBron that's, that's factual. LeBron's got hypergenic chambers and all sorts of uh, nutritionists and science. Uh, that wasn't uh, even close to being a realization in the 80s and 90s. That's fair. It's still incredibly impressive. Uh, I'm not going to argue that what LeBron is doing isn't impressive. What I'm arguing is I don't give a fuck about totals for a guy who played that many games. Like, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. If you're great and you play that many games, you should be doing this. Like, that's to be expected. It's called averages. It's like really not, like, I'm not going to get worked up about it like everybody else is which is i just think it's a little nauseating oh that's fair and i do think that sometimes total stats in the nba like you know he's the career leader in all time points like yeah that's kind of an overblown stat no shit in in any discussion (laughs) yeah but this is what i was going to give him credit for tyler steph curry changed the philosophy of the game but lebron probably did change the philosophy of positions yeah, yeah, maybe. Like that old school, like Jason Kidd point guard disappeared when LeBron showed up. Like point guards, everybody was like, "We don't need a, we don't need a, like a traditional Steve Nash esque point guard anymore." Like Chris Paul's the yeah. last breed of it. Well, and I think there was it was a weird time in life, right? Because I think a lot of different. Maybe not a lot of different players. There were multiple different players, all kind of coming in the league at the same time that changed the way we thought about almost every position. And so, like, it was a weird confluence for for me in this topic of, like, it just seemed like a lot of things happened at the same time where everyone was kind of like, what do we want our center to be? What do we want our power forward to be? What do we want our point guard to be? And turns out we just really want all those guys to be really skilled and be able to shoot and pass and – and do a lot of different things as opposed to, I mean, you, you know, right. In the nineties, when, even when Jordan played in the nineties, 
everyone kind of had a bucket, right? The shooting guard scored the points and the point guard facilitated. And the center was this big lumbering guy who protected the rim and quite rigid. Right. Every team, which is why those like sons, those early sons were so exciting. Cause like Amari Stoudemire was incredibly skilled at multiple places. Um, Why the, why the Kings there for a while, when they had uh, C-Web and Vladdy Divac facilitating the offense from a center position, people were like, what is this? Like, Mike Bibby right. wasn't a traditional point guard. He was more of, like, a combo guard. And everybody used to – like, combo guard used to be, like, a negative, like, bad word. People right. were like, ooh, yeah. he's a combo guard. We can't draft him. Yeah. And now, yeah, like, you. you don't want a guy who can't shoot. You don't want a guy who can't facilitate. You don't want a guy – who uh, just has handles and nothing else like Rajon Rondo is a, a dead breed. True. 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 People don't even guard Westbrook anymore. No, no. And uh, we, we've also seen teams like some teams would only do those kind of things in the playoffs. And we've seen more teams be willing to do them like in the regular season of like, Hey man, I'm just not going to guard you because you can't make that shot. Yeah. Which I like, I like that. It's just kind of like, Yo, this guy sucks. Uh, come, come get some. Right, and so yeah, basketball's basketball's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I, Luca, I just I, Luca I did really... his first podcast. Did you? Did you? You did not listen to this. Why am I asking this? No, uh, he was on the old man in the three with JJ Redick, and Luca's notorious for like giving very short answers to the media, and like, I mean, he. I don't That's know fair. that he's just super comfortable in those settings. Like English is literally his probably third, maybe fourth language. Yeah. So, like he can speak English very well, but he, I don't think he's just super comfortable in those settings and he doesn't want to say something that's off because he, there's, there's a language. He has a face. He's a face of a franchise. He's a top five player. He's a, uh, there's a lot writing on the ability for him to not cause controversy. Right. And so, but anyways, he did this podcast and this was the first podcast that I am pretty sure he's ever done. So he joined the NBA and uh, he talked about how it was easier to score 30 in the NBA now than it is in the Euroleague because of the way that, you know, they just let the floor open up in the NBA. Like you can't sit under the rim like you can in the Euroleague the entire game, right? Like you get called for three seconds and then someone shoots a technical and then you got to get out of there. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the game is just fun. It's just fun. now. There's a lot of fun things going on. Well, that's what I, of that. what I will, I will not defend. I will not back up. I would actually, I think, quite frankly, fighting words, uh, there's a certain uh, generation, uh, an older generation, who uh, doesn't like basketball anymore. They're like, oh, it was better back in the old days when they could hand check. And it's like, no, it wasn't. Like, was it harder to score because you could literally decapitate a guy and they'd be like, that's a regular foul? Uh, that everybody was hand checking everyone during shots. And they just like, those weren't even fouls at all. It was just, there was just normal shit that you had to deal with um, that only a few handful of players could even deal with. Was that good, aesthetic, fun basketball? No, it wasn't. Um, And like the rule changes that we got to get us to where we are now have made the game better. The game has evolved uh, incredibly really. And like anyone, anyone you meet who says they don't watch basketball anymore, used to be better back in the day. Uh, you can fight them. You can, you can throw them into uh, oncoming traffic. It's perfectly fine. It's legal in most States, not all States. Look at your local laws. 
because they are wrong. Oh, Michael, you're always you're always good for a laugh. Tyler has uh, immediately uh, refused to be on the podcast any longer due to liable. It doesn't want to be uh, the liability of the and the court costs that will occur occur from this episode. <laughs> uh, let, let's not get into the court system today, Michael. They only have so much time in life, and we got to talk about fantasy That's basketball true. at some point. So, have you? I've given you a lot of time to think about this. Have you figured out who the number one player is? I, he had a 60-point game, I believe. All right. Then I figured it out because if it's not Durant, if it's not K or Cat, then it has to be Kyrie. Kyrie Irving. Um, Probably the most controversial dude of the entire season, right? Because he is this good. He he can put stints together where he's the number one player in the damn league. So he's only played five games during the last 30 days. And there it is. Most five people games. have played somewhere in the 10 to 12 range. Um, but I will make the case right now that if you are in the playoffs and you have Kyrie Irving on your team, you should drop Kyrie Irving. Oof. He's the number one player in fantasy. And I say you should drop him and pick somebody else up. Do you want to know why this is Michael? The amount of home games left in their schedule. They literally have two, four, six, eight, ten. 10. They have tw- 11 games or two, four, six, eight, 10, 11 games remaining. They play three road games. Well, they play four, but one of them is against the Knicks, so he can't play in that. He also cannot play a game after April 2nd. So next week, they play at Memphis and at Miami on Wednesday and on Saturday. After that, he can literally only play on April 2nd against the Hawks. That is the final game of the season for Kyrie. Pro, that is a really, I, I would say, touchy, a touch and go idea, right? Is that he plays what, like you're like you're saying, he plays at home and then at Memphis and then at Miami for week twenty two, which we're coming into. And if you're still, um, I think this should be like like this week and next week. If you like, I like the the double week finals. Gets a little bit of the um, uh, the ram randomness out of your out of your final like matchup, right? Um, I would hold Kyrie for this week for those two games because he is that guy, and then I would drop him on Saturday. That's what I mean. I think, but if you have him right now, okay, and your league is one of those leagues that limits the pickups to let's say five a week, yeah, okay. Sure, you could take two two games of Kyrie this week. And they're probably going to be two pretty good games, you would think. I mean, Kyrie's been playing very well. I just mentioned he's the number one player, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. But you could also make the drop still in this week if you know you're going to win, right? So that's one of your five maybe from this week. So you still have five to go for next week. And if you pick up the right person here – you know, playing four games, you could literally get, instead of Kyrie's two, you could probably get five, six games out of that spot. Okay. So I'd take five or six games of an average guy over two games of a Kyrie. I would I would actually wager it might be closer than you think, but probably statistically you are correct. Like that five well, to let's six put it game this way. over if he two drops 30 in each game, 
And he has two 30-point yeah. games. You only have to drop like 13, right? Well, you only have to – if you're playing five, five you games. Drop 12. Yeah. I lots of guys probably on your waiver wire can score 12. Certainly. You know what I mean? And that's not counting the other stats. Like you're going to get more rebounds from five games in New York from two from Kyrie. Almost guaranteed. It's, it's do or die time, right? So I, I do think if you drop Kyrie, someone's picking him up for sure. For those two I want that. I almost want that. Because, yeah, the two games might be good. But what if it's your opponent, though? I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. Because the two games might be good, but I think I'm going to beat that spot. I also want you holding Kyrie the entire time as I'm getting games from other players and you're getting nothing. Hmm. I I mean, I think... I don't know. I just don't know if I agree with it this particular week because of those. I it's I think it's a tough one. Um, Plus, it's Memphis and Miami. He's got to play. If you're in the finals, semifinals. If there are two teams that can defend Kyrie, though, aren't Memphis and Miami near the top of that list? True. That's fair. They have uh, very good defense. They have very good guard perimeter defenses. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's that's pretty fair. All right. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I would say conflicted, but I think you're making a good case, um, getting, being able to play because this week, this upcoming week, unlike our current week, which due to the NCAA tournament, uh, has made, uh, Wednesday and Friday, uh, just a, a plethora of games next week, a little bit more of a regular go that Tuesday, only four games, good day to stream. Thursday through Sunday, also all good days to stream. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you could do that. I think that's a, a viable strategy. Um, and it just goes to show you that, you know, some people get amped on players that can play great for a few games, but it's it's just really, really hard in a head-to-head league to own those type of guys like Chris Epps-Porzingis, for example. Like, if you know someone's going to miss, you know, 30 games every year it's, it's hard it's hard to produce the value that's going to keep you up there um so what's our topic for today rookies because there's a lot of fun rookies should we talk well, about steph curry that's maybe that's yeah i want to let's talk about a few of the news items maybe talk about like uh like your some maybe some pickups you know i, I think pat Bever, beverly is still hanging around on some people's wires and i don't i don't know why especially at this period of time uh, during the playoffs, I think he's he's having a nice uh, week. But yeah, Steph Curry um, tragically injured at the hands of the coward Marcus Smart. Um, I apologize, Marcus Smart. Please don't destroy my family and myself in uh, vengeful rage. Uh, is pr- sounding like pretty severe strain. No timetable to return. For the rest of the season, I have seen him dropped in leagues that I am in. Now that's a tough one because maybe you got an IR spot you can put him in. Yes, you know what I mean. Um, and obviously, I think anytime Steph Curry plays, there's the potential, just like with Kyrie Irving, where he can go off for the, the monster best game, game of the right season. Yes, yeah, by, by any. Uh, um, so, but if I don't have an IR spot, maybe I'm in a league with no, they don't do the IR or 
maybe I, I mean, I don't know. Is there anybody that you would put on the IR over Steph Curry? Like, I don't think there is for me. If I only had one IR spot, I'd just take whoever was in there out, put Steph Curry in and drop the other person. Oof. I would, I would probably only keep whoever's in there if they're coming back like in a day or two. Yeah, but then at that point, don't you just say, Isaiah oh, Jackson, I'm not going to drop Steph Curry. Like, I'm going to just put Curry in there and wait the day. Yeah, you just wait, wait a few days, I guess. Yeah, right. you're probably right. Like, if you got Josh Giddy down there, and uh, Josh Giddy allegedly coming back next week. Yeah, I think it's it's do or die time. It's playoff time. Yeah, don't trust the Thunder though. Yeah, don't trust the Thunder. Don't trust the end of the season like this. I think you do uh, probably keep Curry in your IR instead of straight dropping him unless you're just in a league that doesn't have any IRs. Yeah, I don't think I would keep Nurkic or Jared Allen, Lonzo Ball. None of those guys seem like they have timetables. A lot of these teams are in the playoffs right or they're either not in the playoffs at all not going to try to be or in the playoffs for sure well and there's still some races too that are going to force some of these teams to to keep playing right like the east i mean four games separates sixth well five games separates sixth and seventh and nobody wants to be in the play-in right so um, all those teams are going to keep competing, keep competing hard mm-hmm. down the stretch here. Um, Phoenix has got it locked up in the West, but from fifth to second is only four and a half games, right? So all those teams are going to be competing for something at least over the next little bit. The Mavs and the Nuggets are in kind of a tight race with the Timberwolves for the spot in the play-in. Um, and then there's some gap there between seven and eight. There's also some gap between eight and nine. It looks like it's going to be the Lakers against the Pelicans in the in the nine versus ten playing game, um, which will be strange. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of good basketball down the stretch. We're not going to see too many teams go full tank mode, except for the teams that are already in full tank mode. No, not at all. I think the only thing you might see is those guys who are injured, where they just go. I want them to be ready for the playoffs period. So like Steph Curry feels like a prime candidate to be like, I don't care if we're, we drop to the four seed. We need Steph Curry period. Um, Even Cleveland with like Jared Allen, it's like, if they're in the play in versus not, I mean, there's only one, like you're saying one game separating that particular outcome. Uh, is it worth it to bring Jared Allen back to stay out of the play-in or just accept the fact that when you get into the play-in, you've got Jared Allen healthy as hell? I, I think it's going to be a real toss-up for some of those guys, but I think actually majority of the, especially the big names, uh, I think they keep them out until the playoffs because the playoffs are the only thing that well, matters. Because Allen isn't having surgery on that finger, I think you want to get him playing a little bit and comfortable a little bit before the playoffs, right? Yes. Like it takes some time to adjust to playing injured. And so I think you want to get him out there and let him feel it and figure out how he can be most effective playing with that injury. So I think he will actually come back 
But probably not until there's four or five games left in the season. Like, why why risk it before that point? Yes, I agree. Um, poor Steph. Hopefully he um, comes back healthy and we have ourselves a very fun and uh, exciting playoffs. I, this is, is going to be – I think it's going to be a wild playoffs. It's going to be great. Um. For the first time in a while, or the second time in a while, because I felt like this last year a little bit too, I feel like almost anything can happen. The league is wide open. Even like, uh, I actually, the one thing that probably couldn't happen is uh, the Lakers winning the playoff, <laughs> winning a championship. I don't know, maybe. Um, so the, going into the season, I think the Lakers and the Nets were kind of the two favorites. And I don't really feel good about either one of them's chances of even winning more than a round in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I don't feel comfortable either. Uh, D- Dallas took on the Nets um, in Brooklyn mm-hmm. the other night. And now Seth Curry was out as well, and Ben Simmons still hasn't played. But there was no Kyrie, obviously. And the Mavs basically just sold out to stop Kevin Durant, and they won the game on a, a Spencer Dimity uh, buzzer beater. But, like, the the Nets just aren't good with just KD. And like they're they're fine. They're they're yeah, a good team. They're, they're a like, playoff they're not, team with they're just not KD. winning the title with just KD. I and mean, like even with Curry and Simmons, like it's, I'm just not enough to win the championship. I don't think. No, not at all. Like there's they're just the role players aren't there. The spreading of the offense isn't there. There's not a lot of like the shooter like Joe Harris is out. Like it's just not a healthy team. And then like those two dudes cannot carry a full team against by the way like i saw somebody being like oh the west is just so much better than the east and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about i, I have no idea what people are talking about well i feel i feel I like want- most people feel that way for this reason so it feels like the west has some stronger contenders in the sense of like sure. you feel good about the suns winning the suns are the team to beat that's that's very true right and and in the east like it's really going to come down to matchups for me like, if you're like, who's going to win in the first round? I'm like, well, who's playing who? Yeah. Because, like, I, I mean, I could see any of those teams, any of the eight teams that make it almost winning their first round series. I don't want to play any of those teams. Exactly. Really? I don't. That's what I, I mean. Wanna, I don't play any of those teams. Cleveland is the one team I think that's not going to win the first round because I don't think they're going to be able to score enough. They're the weird one because like the right matchup could favor them just because they're so big. But uh, I think it would be it's gonna be one of those hard fought. Oh my god, the game they went seven games, but then like in the seventh game they just get smoked. I could see that. I could see that. Like um, them versus Boston, maybe if they (sighs) snuck into the fifth spot. You know what? Boston's defense looks really good. That could be a really low-scoring series. Boston's defense with with Derek White. Boston's defense looks good. Yes, much better. And they've kind of figured out how to let Robert Williams like be that rover instead of like matching him up on the center. And I think that's really helped their defense a lot. Like him just rotating and being that like kind of secondary rim protector um, or primary rim protector, however you want to look at it. Like he's not physically guarding the center; he's just rotating down and protecting the rim. Um, I don't know that Cleveland scores. Dude, there might be some games like where Cleveland scores in the 80s if those two match up in the first round. 
old school basketball. Oh, and when basketball used to be good until they started carrying the ball. Shut the fuck up, old people. <laughs> tired of this shit. Tired of hearing this shit. Like, you are becoming an old person. You do realize this, right? It's quiet, you. I don't need to hear that. I am I still got it. Um, <laughs> I'm still on top of my game. Speaking of the age gap, let's talk about um, kids who were born God, probably uh, 20 years ago. Cade Cunningham's 20 years old. Yeah, no, I would have been like either in high school or out of high school when these kids were born. Uh, let's talk about these rookies. It's been a really fun rookie season. Like we're, we're definitely like switching into uh, next year mode right now as a, as a podcast, because uh, as you can tell, you're in the playoffs, pick up people who are good, like Pat Bev, uh, Goga's having a nice time. Pay attention. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else, Tyler, you are, you got your eye on, but really pick up people, drop half your squad, win the week or don't, uh, and enjoy the rest of your season. But now, like, quite frankly, now's the time to shift into looking into next year because now you have the most information. You're going to forget it all. You're going to go out, see the world, see what's going on in the summer. So right now is a really good time to prepare for next year. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think I've been looking at some teams and some some games a little closer. I've been diving in on some um, some rookies already. Um, I feel like now is just a good time in life to to see what what's available. And obviously, um, I think there's going to be – most of the movement this summer is going to happen via trade, right? Because there's just not a lot of teams with cap space. Yeah. Um, so that will obviously have some impacts on some things. but. Uh, yeah, there's now's as good a time as any because we're we're seeing it right in front of our face, right? Whereas the further away it gets, the the less we're basing it on the real basketball, and the more we're just basing it on preconceived notions of the players that we've had in the past. Absolutely, um, it's 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 going to be a good to take stock of the players that you have an eye on, flag them for next year, right now. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm watching the obviously March Madness, but I'm not a big college guy. And I don't think you get a lot out of this because you're uh, quite frankly, uh, I'm going to go sort my rookies right now. Um, if you were like big on Herb Jones or Franz Wagner or Wagner coming out of last season uh, because of the, like the tournament or whatever. Um, I highly doubt it. I think you're lying. I think you maybe thought Franz Wagner was good. But to think that he would be a top 100 fantasy player this year, I think is a little silly. Or Franz Wagner himself or just any anyone in the actual tournament this year that is going to be a rookie next year? Well, no, I mean, like, obviously, I think there's definitely going to be, you know, quality players who are playing in this tournament i just don't think watching the tournament is what's going to give you a leg up you know so next year's uh personally uh, if you talk to people who follow the draft closely they they think that one of the the common fallacies of the draft is uh certain teams get sucked in by the tournament that really like the like they put so much stock into how this person performed during the tournament yes that they overlook a much larger body of work where that person couldn't do the things that he did during the tournament. And then they make some 
relatively poor draft choices. But then think about like, there's some confirmation bias there, right? Like if you said that, uh, if you made that comment um, in Steph Curry's second year, people would be like, yeah, dude, what about Steph Curry? My guy. Hey, what about hey, what about Steph Curry? You moron. And I'd be like, don't, don't talk to me in that shitty New York accent ever again. You're, you're from Naperville. You're not from New York. But on the flip side, you know side people that, from Naperville. I bet you know more people from New York than from Naperville, Michael. Uh, you'd be surprised how many uh, people happen to be from Naperville walking around in the city of Chicago because it's like, yeah, it's 20 minutes away. Um, Is Naperville a big place? I always thought it was a relatively small place. Maybe you can a, teach me about my Illinois geography now. Uh, it is a fairly large suburb. But it is a suburb for sure. Like it is suburbia. Like it is, it's such a suburb that it is used as the joke in, as the punchline in jokes about the Chicago suburbs. Fair, fair. I mean, like you even know about it. <laughs> like that's how suburbianly on point Naperville is. But on the flip side of that, there are plenty of teams, plenty of guys who went out in the first round second round who end up being fantastic but if you're if you're like you're saying if your organization's like well why couldn't kevin durant lead his team to a title i don't know about him you're you'd be wrong you'd be dumb yeah yeah i mean the just because you can't win at the college level doesn't really do anything for your nba draft stock i mean we've seen numerous players like um, their teams, I think Ben Simmons was one, right? LSU like barely won any games, and yeah, I, I think didn't he like uh, sit out most of that year, right? I think so. It's it's been a bit, it's been a minute, so I can't. It's been a half I've, a minute since that season. Well, and then, and with whatever else has happened in the world, it seems like it's been forty two years. Yes, um, and also but, like Ben Simmons. Sits no, out every he season. played thirty three games that year. Oh. So. Basically the whole season. And it looks like they were, I mean, I'm just eyeballing it, but relatively 500. They didn't even make the NCAA tournament. They went one-on-one during That's the SEC tournament. what I'm thinking of. They, did not like they make didn't it. even make the tournament. It's like, how's this guy supposed to be the number one pick? I mean, not even going to yeah. make that tournament. Oh, my God. Right. And, like, if you followed that team, I don't think there was a tremendous amount of they were garbage. And, uh, they were 19 and 14 that year. Yeah. And there was a system I will name, in place. I will that read you their roster. I'm not sure anyone good. else even sniffed the NBA on this team. Antonio Blakeney, I think, played about the most okay. in the NBA. I know, I know Antonio Blakeney. Uh, the he other guy was a Chicago Bull for a little while, actually. The other guys are Tim Quarterman, Craig Victor, Keith Hornsby, Josh Gray, Jalen Patterson. Aaron Epps, Brandon nope. Sampson, Albert Robinson, Brian Bridgewater, Darcy Malone, nope. Henry Shortless, and Brandon Edelstone. If any of you are listening, you just got your name checked on the podcast. Yeah. Shout out to you if you will come on the show. Let's talk about the Ben Simmons season. Shout out to you. Go LSU. Yeah, so I, I'm not putting any spill stock in the tournament. I mean, I'm putting some stock in the actual players in the tournament, some of them. Um. But yeah, the tournament itself doesn't really make any difference no. to me. No, just a great way to lose some money or make some money, depending on how savvy you are. Um, but like, I think that's 
what I'm shocked about in this year's this year's rookie, um, I guess grouping is that we in the preseason when we talked about these rookies, we liked some of the guys. We assumed Cade Cunningham would be good or whatever, and um, but we always kind of go, you know, rookies aren't always that great, uh, especially the first year. It's hard for them to, you know, get going in a faster, quicker. Um, more talented NBA than the NBA has ever been ever. Uh, it's hard for them to get going. We like this guy. This guy's probably going to be good, but everybody else. Eh. And what's wild is there are a lot of rookies who are, I think, like not just this, like obviously there's rookies who are fantasy relevant right now, quite a few. But like other rookies who are still outside of that, who have the potential to be fantasy relevant in the near future, like a very a very long list of interesting guys uh, who could be uh, drafted next year alone. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, like we can knock out. A few, I think we can knock a few out, right? Um. Kate Cunningham went number one. We said Kate Cunningham should be your draft pick if you're in a rookie draft. Uh, what is surprising, I think, is Cade uh, Cunningham. And let me make sure I'm sorting by uh, eight. Eight. Cat. Last. Cunningham is 46th overall in eight category. That's really surprising. For the season? For the season. He is nope, also for the last 30 days. I would say he's he's 46 over for the last 30 days. I don't think he's that high up in the season. Well, for the last 30 days. He's 56 yeah. for the season. So, like shooting 40%, by the way, he's, he's still in the top. And, and really, in the last 30 days, you want to look at somewhere where you can get a lot better. It's only half a steal and half a block. And I think King Cunningham can probably get up to somewhere close to a steal, and that's gonna push him into the top 40 for sure, and probably in the top 35, 30, maybe even. Are Just we... by producing the numbers he's producing right now. So, yeah, King Cunningham's good. He's really good. Let's not – and let's not, like, overblow bad teams – like, you know, bad team, bad teams, good stats. Like, that's what is kind of going on in Detroit, right? His usage is uh, easily the highest out of uh, any any rookie playing more than, like, t- 25 minutes a game, like, by, by quite a bit. But he's only playing about 32 minutes a game. On the flip side of that, Scotty Barnes playing 30, almost 36 minutes a game from the get-go. I think a lot of people are going to go, oh, Scotty Barnes got a lot. Like, I love Scotty Barnes. I think he's fucking fantastic. He's also got a lot of room to improve. But he's playing 36 minutes a game. Evan Mobley's playing about 34 minutes a game. Scotty Barnes is a top 20 player over the last 30 games. Yes. And that's, like, absolutely wild, is that Scotty Barnes is an absolute top player. Cade Cunningham is approaching the top 50 for the whole season. And Evan Mobley is also a top player already. I'm surprised. I would not have guessed that many dudes. Yeah, me neither. Um, I like this class a lot. And I think, you know, I think, you probably mentioned this right like it was kind of maligned as it was not a great class going into it right that like 
there were a lot of people saying like, oh, you know, I don't know that there's really like too many studs in this class, but I like a lot of the players in this class. And even some guys that like maybe haven't quite shown it yet, I think could be really, really good. Like we've seen some really good Jalen Green games lately and he's 57th yeah. over the last 30 days, right? Um, there's even some guys, there's even a couple guys playing some limited-ish minutes that I'm like, you know what? If this guy ever gets the 30, this guy could be real good. Oh, Isaiah yeah. Jackson. Oh, this guy I like. Very good. He blocks everything, dude. He's he's like staying on the court more often than not, which is impressive. Yeah. And I think too, like he, cause he still seems like a little, like not grown fully into his body yet either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This while he's playing that good um, as uh, a, a relatively undersized person. Right. So there's just a lot of good players in this class. And I think, maybe that's the main takeaway for me is like, there's just a lot of basketball talent in the world right now. And I think every class is going to provide us with some really interesting players. Absolutely. And I think this, this class alone, like a lot of name recognition across the league, Davian Mitchell. Uh, If you're, if you're playing in a fantasy league, you know, who Davian Mitchell is, you know, who Trey Mann is. Trey Mann looks kind of good and, and he's had a few games uh Alfred Segun obviously um is a name everybody loves I, I, I'm not fully bought in on that guy but um like Jalen Suggs in Orlando off and on with this injury um uh, kind of my my rookie to click uh this year and obviously the injuries have just really really killed him but like there are some really flashy games in there from him like 26 and 10 uh 22 9 and 4 two steals two blocks like there are some very sexy lines for some of these young rookies who either didn't get a lot of time or are just now starting to get some playing time like herb jones herb jones could be like a absolute monster in the future herb jones is one of the best defenders of this class i think yeah he's really good on defense and so if he gets a little bit more well-rounded offensive game yeah watch out he's 107th ranked still in the last 30 days and he's only getting you 10.3 points and no three is really 0.8 yeah so like there's room for improvement there from herb jones um there's room for improvement all these guys like they're super young and i i don't know if i want to like jump like put a lot of stock into these guys because like Cade cunningham's going to be a big name i think scotty barnes is going to be likely overdrafted next season um same with evan mobley people love those dudes but like you know franz wagner probably might get overlooked a little bit uh the jalen's will probably be overlooked uh, oh let's play a a bit, fun but all of those guys are probably should be drafted i i'm just glad i thought of this right now all right okay so, this is Mike's top five rookies to draft next year. Ooh. Now, to draft wow. is the important part of it, okay? Because, like, you could say, oh, well, you know, Cade Cunningham is my number one. But if you think Cade Cunningham is going to go in the top 20 and you see him as a top 40 player, then he's not your number one guy to draft, right? You don't want to draft him because he's drafting you picked up too high. So these okay. are Mike's top five. They'll be second-year players then. 
Top five current targets based yes. on where I think they're going to be drafted and the value drafted and the value in that particular position. Because like I would take Scotty Barnes first overall in a in a redraft of these rookies. Yeah, if but I if I say you have to draft Scotty Barnes at 20 or you think you have to draft that, Scotty Barnes at yes. 20, would you take him? Like, I wouldn't take him at 20. No, I would not take him at 20. So I wouldn't yes. take him at all. I would not take him. I would take him zero times out of 100 at 20. I, I think com- he's going to be a top 20 player next year. Completely, I completely agree. Um, okay, cool. I, under, I think I understand the stipulations. I think number one for me then is going to be Jalen Green. Jalen, I love Jalen Green. Yeah. I think Jalen Green a bit overlooked this season. I do think you might have to pay more. It's not going to be like the hottest, giant, biggest bargain of the year, right? But overall, he's like in the 150, 160 range for the season. A lot of people are just going to go look at the rankings from last year. People who drafted him early this year are going to be disappointed in him, so they're not interested. Um, He's coming on pretty strong in the last few weeks. He is 20, Last 30 barely days, 20 right? years old. You ready to hear the stat line? It's pretty Let's good. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, 20 points, 3.7 assists, 3.2 rebounds, 1.3 steals, 0.4 blocks, 2.73 pointers, 49.5% from the field, 75% on the free throws. Yeah. The free throws are probably a little low. I assume he's more of like an 80-ish guy. Yeah, I would say he's 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 80% for the for his most mostly his his career. Um I think you're going to be able to get Jalen Green in that first plateau range, that uh, sixth, seventh, eighth rounds next season, like maybe around like right after 50 to somewhere in that 50 to 65 range. And that might feel like paying the uh, market, like the, the correct price for him, if he's just going to be like the 60th best player, maybe draft him at like 62. It's not a huge steal. I just think he's going to be better than that. And he has the most potential to be better than his draft pick versus like you're definitely taking Cade, Scotty Barnes, and Evan uh, Mobley. Those guys are going to go in the top 50 and they could just finish around 50 next year. Do you think any of those? other players you mentioned has the potential to be a top 30 player, like to jump into that next year. Like you next take season? them in the top 50. Yeah. Next yeah. Yeah. Season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's gotta be next season. We're, we're just talking redraft leagues for sure. Mm. Man. Cause I really don't, I don't like see Scotty Barnes or, or any of those guys you mentioned really like jumping into where they're like in the top 30. Um, Cade Cunningham, I mean, like Cade Cunningham is like has the he's got the most complete game, but like it feels like he's a bit of a like a project. Like if I'm getting like some whiffs of like early Bradley Beal, where it's like Bradley Beal was good, and then he was just a little bit better, and he was just like a little bit better, and then he was just like a little bit better, and then suddenly he was just increase like you know he was just scraping enough by to get into that top thirty, top twenty, and then. You know, it was all on the margins instead of just being like, oh, this guy's just absolutely fantastically dominant. Scotty Barnes is going to need to uh, have better free throws and better three-pointers if he's going to end up in the uh, top 30. And actually, like, Evan Mobley might be the guy who could be in the top 30 if he, like, just puts it all together. Well, Evan Mobley... the most likely to, I just don't think he will. 
Evan Mobley can get you the two blocks and the it's 10 nice. rebounds and some decent assists and a steal. Can if he score he, enough? Can yeah. he score enough to be in the top 30? If like he every suddenly guy learned how to 30. shoot a three, like if he suddenly started shooting threes, I just don't think it's going to happen next year. But if he suddenly started shooting threes and got his free throw percentage up, that's a top 30 player. Here's a fun game. What Steel is the lowest three? scoring average of someone in the top 30? Do you know the oh. answer to this question? Ooh. Ooh. The lowest points per game of someone this year in the top 30. Okay. Because there are two guys that are actually – well, there's actually three guys that are fairly low. Trying to think of who's in the, like, who's in the top 30. Who would be uh, – is Jimmy Butler one of them? Is Jimmy Butler one of them? I am trying to 30. find Jimmy Butler's <laughs> name on this list, so I will have to – Is he it. even in the top 30? He is 17th. Okay. But his 21 points a game are not – the lowest okay um yeah usually it's like kind of like a player there are three vein there is one player with negative value and there are three players with neutral value on hashtag basketball wow interesting um are there four players with neutral value in the top probably not for the season i would say no there's not four it's hard to be up there in the top 30 and be not shooting. Uh, the, 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 the slightly big guys like Rudy Gobert always ends up being like a top player who doesn't score a lot. That's why it's hard. To Chris draft. Paul is number one. He is oh. only averaging 15 points a game. He is the 18th yeah. ranked player. Rudy Gobert is 19th. Is Jared Allen in the top 30? He is not in the top 30 now. Okay. This is just per game value. The other ones are Tyrese Halliburton at 15.1 points a game. Oh, yeah, Tyrese. Come Miles on, Strong Turner. Though. Miles Turner at 12.9 points a game and, and Robert blocks. Williams 25th and 9.9 points a game. The blocks, the, the blocks the can blocks. get you there, which is probably why Evan Mobley most likely be in the top 30. The blocks can get you there. Um, and I think Evan, Evan Mobley is like wild, wild talented. I think he's like borderline like his, his. Um, Mobley's averaging 1.6 blocks for the season. Now he's going to have to shoot better free throws to get there, probably. Yes. But his potential um, is like KG level. And like, that's silly. Like, no one should be, there should not be another KG like on the horizon. Like, he's, he's got the skill set of like KG. Like, I would argue that I wouldn't bet on either player to do it, but I would argue Kim, both K. Cunningham and Evan Mobley could be in the top 35 next year. Yeah. Mobley could do it on the blocks and just getting a few more rebounds, getting a steal a game, getting a few more assists, getting a few more points. Cade Cunningham could do it just by shooting better percentages. He's shooting 40% from the field, 32 from three this year. Well, if he just gets those up to like 45 and like somewhere around 35, he's going to average 20 points a game yeah. with five, with six rebounds, five assists, a steal, and half a block. He's going to be pushing the top 35. That's true. Hmm. So, like, I would. Say I don't see the se- path really for Scotty Barnes to get there next year. Not next Maybe year. You can make the case for me. Not next year. No, not next year. Like, I think he has the potential to eventually get there, but next year, like, he's already shooting pretty good percentages. He's already playing a crap ton of minutes. So, like, his path for next year just seems a lot more clouded to me. So, if he's going number one, like, if he's the highest draft, I think he's going to be the highest draft pick next year. I think that's a mistake. I think I agree. if I, in my rankings, right, I would have both Cunningham and Mobley ranked over him just because Same. I'm obviously taking an upside shot at the point where I'm picking them. And I think those two just have a little more upside to be, like I said, like top 35 players. Whereas Scotty Barnes, like Scotty Barnes feels like a, a safe-ish top 50 pick. 
like top 50, 60 pick. You know what I mean? Like he's probably going to finish somewhere like around that, there. Uh, just like everybody on Toronto, like that Pascal Siakam. Like right. he's really good. He's very talented across the board. He doesn't have it all, but he has enough. And if he can ju- keep jumping up and taking leaps, then he's going to be like in that, you know, in that conversation with top 35, just it's going to take some time. Right. I'm, I'm with you there. He, he, yeah, he doesn't make my top five. Um, I would say probably, if, depending on the, the the hype around Evan Mobley, because he could be a top 35 player, top 40 player next year, you probably are, I would say he's probably third. Francis Since Walker's LeBron left, son. has a Cavalier been hyped? No, not really. That's what I mean. So, like, I feel like he's he's probably in my list just because, like, I feel like he's probably not going to get that much draft hype. Yeah, probably not. I would hope not because I, I would like to draft him. I'd like him on my team next year. I think he's incredibly good. But I would uh, say on my list of this, like, yeah. given the draft value, he's probably, like, fourth or fifth. Yeah. I would I'm say not he's, super he's pumped to get him. Third or fourth for me? Because I, I really, I just really do think you could always fit a guy with like a block and a half on your team as well. Like that's, you can figure that out. Uh, Franz Wagner is actually probably two for me. Franz Wagner is good. He's really good. He's like huge. He's in, like, I, every time I see him play, I'm like, how is this, is that, how is that guy so big? I, I, I got to see him play against the Bulls and he's just beasting like, He's a top 100 player for the season, too. A lot of guys. People, people realize that. He's a top 100 player for the season. He's, He's good. Big motherfucker. The other guy I think that's going to be super underdrafted with him, and this kind of goes to the same thing because both teams are not very good, is Giddy. I don't think anyone's going to be on Giddy. Look at his yeah. numbers for the season. They're I not you're, good. You're good to pick up Giddy late in the draft. So I probably do Evan Mobley because, like, Giddy's good, not great. I would, I would rather go with Evan Mobley, who could be great. Then Giddy's probably four for me. And then I would probably toss it up between Herb Jones, who no one's going to pay attention to, or Isaiah Jackson. I would say the average person doesn't know either one of those two players. I guarantee they don't. Right? They're like, Herb who? And Isaiah Jackson? There's not a guy named Herb in the fucking league. Get get out of here. Right? And so I feel like both those guys are going to be super good. And like, even for the year, okay? Where do you think Herb Jones ranks for the year? The year? The entire season. Well, 105. 90th. Wow, that's pretty good. Yep. And Isaiah Jackson, um, for what that's worth, is like not even on the list because he wasn't playing for much at the beginning of the year. Like and when right. he was, it was like spot minutes. So like add in a, a team that's not that good coupled with uh, him ranking 227th on the season because he's averaging 13.6 minutes per game for the year. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think anyone is going to be on Isaiah Jackson. No, I, I that's like a, you know. I think you could probably get him with your last round pick, and I would not be surprised him. if he was a top 20 player next year. I don't know. Depends not on top your, 20. The savviness. Uh, standard league player. You know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, I would say, like, depends on the savviness of your league because, like, everyone's paying – if you're paying attention right now, uh, then – you know who Isaiah Jackson is and you know, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to take him like a couple rounds too early. And if he has one like good preseason game, everybody's going to fucking pick him. He's like, I think he's going to be the, the sleeper darling of the uh, analyst, uh, the fancy analyst crew, because uh, we, I mean, we're all seeing the same thing. We're seeing a guy who could be potentially fantastic. Yeah. But I mean, I, I guess I get that. Like if you listen, it's like the analyst can pump him up, but who's watching the Pacers. Nobody. People in Indiana aren't even watching the paces. They're busy, um, you know, eating mud. 
You know what I mean? So I literally you're, you're think busy. Uh, that you, I think in most drafts he's going to be. All right, I won't do it. I won't do with it your then. last round pick, and he's a top 100 player next year. That's my yeah. guess. I think that's fair. I think that's really good. I want to give an honorable mention though to two, two, two guys, uh, Trey Man, who you oh, I, called out. Yeah, Trey Man is good. Yeah, that dude can ball. He's got some uh, some nice stat lines, some really nice stat lines, and he is in a place, Oklahoma City, right, where if everything falls correctly, he could be like incredibly important to their team. The oh, problem 100%. is you got Giddy, you got Shea Gillis Alexander. That, to me, that's what we can really toss up. Yeah, yeah. They can figure okay. out a way to play him because they're they're sitting on a billion uh, picks. They can't even pick use all their draft picks. They got to. What's move crazy is, somewhere. and we've talked about this a couple times, like. That there's got to be a trade this offseason for them involving either somebody that they've picked relatively high in the first round or the picks coming up because they're at the point now where like they don't have roster spots to put their first round picks and they have like three in the upcoming draft depending on where teams finish and all that um, because some of them are protected and all that but they're probably gonna have three first round picks and they don't have three roster spots left to put a first round pick yeah they don't have enough roster spots. They've like so, dug themselves this hole where all these valuable assets that they have are now worth less because they've dug such a deep hole. I don't know about that. It's like, like uh, you, you've you come into so much gold, you can't transport it. It's like, well, it's uh, I guess I'll sell my gold on for 50 cents on the dollar to the guy with a dump truck. How about that yeah. metaphor, Tyler? I mean, I, I guess Very I guess. relatable. Everybody can relate to that metaphor. I get what you're saying with that, but like, I mean, for example, with Trey Mann, like if you wanted to get rid of Trey Mann, you could easily trade Trey Mann for a first round pick right now. Yeah, that's fair. Now you, you just- A, you a mediocre. But he was the 18th pick. So you just traded a yeah. pick for a pick. Like it, yeah, in I don't some know how ways. you would do that. But, right. Yeah. And so, but that's the, that's the problem that they're running up against. Right. And really what they- what they are going to do or what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to get someone's star. That's, that's the only way this works, right? Is that you package six of your picks or seven. Yeah. Some absurd amount of picks for a guy who's just disgruntedly living on a team that sucks. But the strategy works. But who's who's that person? Like like they have, they've hit on some of these picks, right? Like Trey man's good. Lou Dort's pretty good. You know what I mean? And so you add uh, any star to this team with Shea Gilders Alexander and Lou Dort and Josh Giddy and Trey Mann, and like they're suddenly becoming somewhat interesting. Now are they going to win the championship? No. But, but let's, I mean, flip that, but flip that around though, right? Who is the disgruntled star on a No, 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 no. My point team, was that's right? the only way it works. So you yes. can't like trade Trey Mann for a first round pick. You got to some point trade the first round picks or Trey Mann and some of the picks or Josh Giddy. Yeah, one of your of like picks. pretty good players and some building blocks to a team with like you're like you're saying with a team that has a very good player but they're not going anywhere. And the right. question is is like, all right, um, who the fuck is that? Because Dame, right, is probably the only person I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, but those, I mean, the disgruntled stars but nobody else. come up fast, right? Like There's nobody else because the league is now wide open. It used to be very top-heavy, and it made sense. But, like, the league is wide open. So, like, if you're 
Cleveland, are you like trading your players for picks? No. If you're no. if you're the Bulls, are you trading your players for picks? No. Uh, Boston, no. Uh, the no, Maverick, the it, Mavericks, it's, no. It's also a players' league, so like if any of the them say no. they want out, they're gonna get out probably. Sure. Um, here's a. I just don't know. Who, there's no. There's no trade options other than Dan. Well, here's an interesting way to think about it too. When you're the Thunder, right? Yeah, sure. You can offer more draft picks to the other team, but most stars basically, like James Harden, basically said. I want to play for the Nets. And then a year later said, I want to play for the Sixers and got traded to both. True. And so if you're any star, you probably just tell your team where you want to be traded and they probably much just trade you there. Yeah. But how many, and uh, so, how many, yeah. How many of those players are going to say, trade me to Oklahoma city? Well, that's my so thing. And like fucking sizzler, even, even like the teams you're now competing against, like, the reason Dallas traded Chris Porzingis was to try to trade for another star. Yes. There was no question about that. So now your option is you can play with Shea Gilgis Alexander on the Thunder who can't win a game, or you can play with Luka Doncic, who's potentially uh, one of the best players ever in yeah. 20 years when we're looking back at it. <laughs> Dragging a mediocre, incredibly mediocre Dallas team into like – into the five seed right now, possibly the four seed. Yeah. And for the third year in a row. Yeah. <laughs> like um, he, 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 I think people are like this season particularly are overlooking how good he is because he's just doing the same thing he's been doing for three years. And well, he's like, not, yeah, he's just doing the same thing. He's not getting any better. And it's like the second best player on his team is Maxi Kleber, Spencer Dimwitty, Jalen Brunson, probably Jalen Brunson. Dimity, yeah, exactly. Like, okay, yeah, and that's bad. I mean, yeah, and he's not the new thing anymore, which shapes the narrative, right? Like, uh, you know, and like, this oh, was you've the, already done that. Why? Why would I care if you did it? This again? was the craziest thing when he wasn't like the starter in the All Star game, and everyone was hopped up on John Moran. And like, John Moran's fantastic. Like, don't get me wrong, I love yeah, watching John great. Moran. Like, great. John Moran's really good, but like. In what way is Ja Morant having a better season than Luca, other than his supporting cast is better? Yeah, they're having both absolutely incredible seasons. The difference is that Ja Morant made the leap this year instead of being this good when he came into the league. And uh, let's who's who's Ja Morant's second best player? Is it uh, is it? fucking desmond bain is it jaron jackson jr but give me that collection those guys players. are really good that's what i mean like give me those that guys are really good yes that's, what, that's my on point that team and john morant on the mavericks and tell me whose record is better <laughs> you Absolutely. know what i mean like it's like and i get it there was a kind of a narrative around luca to start the year that he was out of shape and, and whatever whatever maybe whatever. he was like, who gives a shit but like it was james harden no, and this is no knock on John Morant. I think John Morant's fantastic. Luka Doncic is a better player than John Morant. Like that's I don't I don't know. That might be news I, to some people. I would not trade Luka for John Morant. Not at all. There's not a no, player in the I league. I probably right wouldn't now. trade John Morant for Luka either. There's not a player in the league right now though that I would trade for Luka. I think Luka is the best young star in the league. Interesting. Yeah, let's uh I'm trying to think of He's 23 years old. He turned 23 years old so about three weeks ago. He's absurdly young. 
I would, yeah, I'd rather have him than Trey Young. I'd rather have him than John Morant. Uh, I'd rather have him than Donovan Mitchell. Devin Booker. Devin Booker, by the way. Guess how old Devin Booker is. I think you might know, but. He's 24 now? He's 25. 25 now, finally? Wow. Yeah, that's insane. Because it seems like Devin Booker's been in the league for like a decade. Yeah, it seems like he's been in the in the league forever. Devin Booker hasn't even started his prime. Yeah, that's wild. And he scored over 20, well, basically 25 year. points a game for five years in a row. This is seventh season. That's 25. Yep. Yeah, I think he's like, you know, was 18 when he came in, right? And the like to me, like that fatigue, right, is the is is gold when it comes to uh, the draft because people get fatigued of like okay uh, I'm expecting you to make the leap Devin Booker and you didn't and so I'm just gonna move on to the next hot thing uh, maybe it's Desmond Bain maybe it's whoever right maybe it's Evan Mobley right maybe it's Kate Cunningham and then Devin Booker right gets out from under the thumb of Chris Paul and he's a top 10 player and he's 25. So Devin, no, it's like if you're looking forward in your dynasty, especially in dynasty leagues, right? Devin Booker, still insanely young, has plenty of room to grow. And you can see when he runs the offense, his assists are like six, seven, eight. Like he can facilitate an offense. He just doesn't need to. Let me ask you this question too, because this is an interesting thing that I've been trying to figure out in some of my my keeper in dynasty leagues is like, so you have a guy like Chris Paul. Yeah. Okay. Now no one wants Chris Paul in those type of leagues, right? No, nobody is interested. So you can trade for Chris Paul on the relative cheap. Okay. And I've done this in a few leagues, like over the last couple of seasons and Chris Paul has really rewarded me. Right. But at how many years at the top does Chris Paul left? Like at some point. Okay. And, and this is, this is a hard moment to figure out, but like at some point, right. Like he's going to dip, to where everyone thinks he is, and then at some point he's gonna dip below that, right? Yeah. So you want to like trade a, him? Remember Dirk, where it just kept being like, "How is Dirk still in the top six? Like, how is this still happening?" I'm not drafting him next year. It's like, oh no, he's in the top six. He's in the top six, and then he was like 80th, 100th, and then like 200 in his minutes. Like, but even like limited minutes, he was like still in like the 80s and 90s and fantasy relevant. You're like, how is this possible? Yeah. So Dirk, Dirk specifically, 37, he was fantastic. Yeah, Age 37. Wild. 38, he was still pretty damn good. He averaged 14.2 points, six and a half rebounds, uh, 0.6 steals, 0.7 blocks. Percentages were not the best, but um, the free throw was obviously very good. There just weren't a lot of attempts. So then the next year, he was 12, relatively six rebounds, 1.6 assists. But like you saw it that year, right? 38 is really where he started dropping off. Chris Paul right now is 30, going to turn 37 in May. How many years? Very, di- very different game, though. Chris Paul is like a changeup pitcher, right? I don't know if I've ever used this metaphor. I probably have. But, like, Chris Paul is good because he can always get to his spot. He, can, he, 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 he isn't, like, fully relying on pure athleticisms. He's relying on change of pace. So when he throws that changeup, you're still off balance. He gets to his spot. He makes his shot, and he has – easily probably maybe in the history of the game some of the best court vision of all time that doesn't really go away 
Yeah, I mean, we we saw guys like Jason Kidd, who who are similar, right? Yeah, that's a good comparison, I would say. Right. So Kidd was pretty darn good up until like until he his was. age thirty six season. He was still an all star. Thirty seven, he was really good. He averaged eight point two assists, only seven point nine points, one point seven steals. Right. He's never he was never a true scorer though. I think that's the difference between him and CP three is that CP three can can't fill it up but then 38 right and then 39 he retired and he was the coach for the the nets the next year yeah he he was his body was breaking down at that point uh and they're just what it's just like it's it's going to depend on can chris paul stay in front of today's young point guards right and right now it's actually a a little bit questionable yeah he's still getting away with it but it's it's still questionable I would I would say history says Chris Paul has maybe two at max two years right and so at some point right you got to jump off the ship and you don't really want to do it too early but you don't want to do it too late either and so would, would you rather just like do it too late and just continue to reap the benefits of Chris Paul yeah and I'm going to in a couple of leagues but like I'm still trying to figure out down, if, though, if I can figure out the sweet spot where it's like if I jump off right now I think I'm good. If you jumped off today, I don't think today's the day. I would. I, I think, wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I think I next think season. A, I think a year from it. now is the day. At the at the twenty twenty three off yeah. season is the day. Well, maybe a year from March, right? Literally today. Right. It's the because he's still playing. He's still good. He's still averaging like nine assists a game. You're like, all right, cool. But like, you know, at some point, like the Suns are going to tr- like want to transition into a post Chris Paul universe right well how much uh how many years is left on his insane contract i can tell you that uh this is the stuff you gotta get listeners if you're still listening god bless um this is a shit he has three years left 28.4 30.8 30 million and 24 25 yeah he is just going to be vibing those last two years well i mean we've seen this with other guys right like at some point they just get bought out or they get stretched or or whatever like if they drop off far enough you think he'll play in his 40s he doesn't need to he just made it well tom brady's 45 still still knocking around playing quarterback so yeah but he's his mind is riddled with concussions (laughs) and and (laughs) Um, uh, some sort of like you know what nutrients are made of uh, the 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 fetus fluid of 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 of, uh, countries that don't have a lot of money oh you're talking out your ass now but um, (laughs) Will Chris Paul still play in his 40s? And this was something Vince Carter did that was like incredible to me. Well, yeah, he went from lost he, their fucking minds. I did. With his- he went from superstar to, to role player, you know, to, from superstar to star to role player to veteran leader. Yeah. Takes a very special kind of person to do that. Um, Chris Paul almost already feels like a veteran leader at this point. Yeah, but like he's still a star. Like he's been an all star the last three years. Yeah, that's true. So, can he transition to something less than that? Would he? Would he want to? Right? Would like he want Vince, to? Right? I mean, like first how much off, like money Vince Carter he... didn't get the 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 bankroll that CP3 did just by the the simple fact of like the Chris Paul has made three hundred million dollars. Wild. He could retire today playing basketball and he still has another relative 60 million dollars to make over the next three years would he want to be like a backup point guard though like maybe 
for the right amount for the right price he would but that i think that's the the route to play well, 40s is like even if he's a starter he's probably playing like 25 minutes a game just being a leader on the team and yeah, Wade could have probably played a, a played a couple washed up years, and he, he just uh, decided not to. I, th- I think his knees were going though. Well, I think that's where they all get. They all get to the point where they're just. I mean, like Dirk. Dirk, you saw Dirk at the seventy fifth anniversary, right? Like Dirk was kind of hobbling then, and we talked a lot about like his feet are just mush from playing twenty one years of basketball. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He's a large human being ran up and down the court and was you know i mean amazing like don't i'm not yeah. i'm not at no me no point am i knocking him yeah there there is no dark slander and you can also if you see someone who especially if they're older who's slandering dirk you can throw them into oncoming traffic or a train it's legal only in texas though it's the only it's the only thing that's legal in texas everything else you can go to jail for and be narked on by your your neighbors I have no comment to that. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for this particular episode. Like I said, we are wrapping up the season. We're looking towards next season. If there's anything specific you want us to talk about, hit us up. We're, we're going to go in any direction you would like us to go to. Um, Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Tyler P. Watts. You can ask me any kind of questions about uh, pretty much anything. I usually try to respond to them unless I don't understand the question. So please proofread the question and make sure it makes sense uh yes good luck um you can find me at watch the boxes um i uh, am negligent at responding to people's text messages and emails but actually probably the uh, the e- easiest way to get a hold of me in any sense would be twitter at watch the boxes uh go check that out patreon.com slash watching the boxes is where you can help support the show, or you can go to twitch.tv slash watching the boxes and watch me lose at NBA 2K uh, over the off season, or uh, maybe I'll get into Elden Rings. I don't know, Tyler. Should I, should I start a video game channel? You should definitely start a video game channel. All right. I'm going to do it. Um, If you want to watch me play video games and talk shit about basketball or whatever, or you want me to like dunk on your shitty city, uh, twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. Um, Check us out. We appreciate you guys listening throughout the season. I know it's been a long one. It's been a weird one. It's been a fun season. Um, We'll probably uh, be a little bit more sporadic with the episodes, as you've seen uh, here at the end of the season. So good luck on your playoffs. Hopefully you win a championship. And if you do, and you feel, you know, like morally obligated to send us money, uh, we can, we can arrange uh, Tyler to come pick up a bag of cash from your house. I'm available. Tyler is very available. So am I. I'm always available to pick up bags of cash. Until then, we will see you next time.